Hey folks, welcome back to our 21st episode of the Jedi Council Podcast. You've got Brandon Saxton here. And Katie Gordon. Katie, how are you doing today? I'm pretty excited because there's been a lot of Wonder Woman in the news recently. There's been so much Wonder Woman in the news that folks buckle up because you're about to get a Jedi Council special edition Wonder Woman episode. Oh yeah. And it's going to be awesome. So current events, you've already said it. There's been a lot of Wonder Woman in the news lately. For a couple of reasons, we're going to dive into kind of right away here. The first one, the second Wonder Woman trailer dropped yesterday. That was yesterday, right? Yep, yesterday. Okay, so that's super exciting. And uh, as a treat for all of you, we're just going to give a little live commentary for it. So it's about two and a half minutes long. So uh, pause the podcast right now. Pull up your YouTube app and uh, load up the Wonder Woman official second trailer, uh, which I see is number one trending. And... uh, Let's, let's give it a watch Almost together. Almost 6 million views. Almost right. 6 million yeah. views. In, People are in, excited about this. In a very, what, 24 hours about? Uh, just yeah, over, I, I bet think now. so. Because I, I think it was a little earlier in the morning. So, a day and a half. Mm-hmm. So, uh, let's watch it all together. Uh, Brandon, Katie, and all of our loyal fans. We're going to hit play in one, two, three, play. All right. So here we've got one Roman walking. Is that the Louvre? Uh, it was, yep. Okay. And here's the awesome picture from Batman vs Superman, uh, WB's classic hit of last year. And now look at her overlooking just the world and how beautiful it is from Themyscira. And giving a really profound quote at this point, too. That's right. We're going to return to that because I thought it really stood out to me. Now this is one part that... What we just saw there is something I've seen a lot of people like is we've got the dude in distress. It's a it's a real flip on sort of the uh, cliche storyline. Exactly. And that's not, a, even though it has modern themes, that's not a modern idea. Mm-hmm. That's completely something that was in the original story of Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. And there, it looks like that was her first uh, meeting Steve Trevor moment. Now we've got those great new DC logos and kind of setting the foundation here. There's a war coming, and, and the action is starting up already. It is cool. Very creepy-looking villain that we're that we're seeing here. And is, is the villain confirmed for this movie? Do you know? I don't you know. know. Okay, no. I, I actually, I think that someone did with a better knowledge of it, okay. um, but I don't know a ton about it yet. Ooh, really cool right there. She's looking at the Wonder Woman arm. Mm-hmm. Really awesome. The shield. I like this part a lot, too, right there. Oh, that's the so best. That's like a recreation out of the old Superman movie where oh. Superman was saving someone in a really similar way. So they kind of flipped it here, and, and now we have Wonder Woman saving Steve. I didn't know that, but, man, she has fast reflexes oh, yeah. to be able to stop a bullet by just casually kind of... And now this, this is... This part gives me fan- Oh, yeah. This is fantastic. She's just stepping up, and, and you see her deflecting that bullet, walking with such power and confidence and determination. Mm-hmm. It re- reminds me back of Batman vs. Superman when she says, you never met a woman like me. I think she was telling Bruce the truth because this is a pretty incredible footage. It is, and in a sweet scene, quick scene between she and Steve Trevor, too. And, and she is a warrior, oh, undoubtedly, absolutely. completely a warrior. So, and then to the awesome Wonder Woman music, which was the uh, musical highlight of the Batman vs. Superman film. And 
Uh, just one of the best, you know, I'm someone who listens to a lot of film scores, and that is one I still listen to very regularly because it's so good. Oh, me too. And then I like this part. It shows her with her friend Etta Candy, who is a fantastic character. I love how she's depicted in The Legend of Wonder Woman. And she's just, its they're kind of talking about um, the practicalities of the time, trying on the dresses of the time and say, how do you fight in this? Yeah. And so I think that's just a great dialogue between those two. I like it too because it addresses something that is... So I, I think the sort of the depiction of women in in maybe in fantasy genres traditionally, partic- particularly in video games, a lot of times, and the armor is always seemingly very non-functional, and so it's kind of addressing that, but it's also adding a little bit of a lighthearted element to the film that I know is something that a lot of people uh, have said that the DC films need a little bit. So it mm-hmm. seems to be kind of a, a two front sort of thing that I think is really great. And Etta is a great character for that because she she really, they have a, a nice relationship and, and she does kind of ask Wonder Woman some of the obvious questions that readers might be wondering and, and kind of just talks frankly and she just seems fascinated by this Amazon woman, which that, is pretty cool. That's really cool. So maybe we could talk a little bit about Wonder Woman and then uh, maybe a little bit about Etta because I don't know, admittedly, I don't know a lot about the Wonder Woman lore. Uh, so here are the things I do know, maybe to kind of get our conversation started. Uh, Wonder Woman, uh, 75 years ago, was created as a character. Uh, I don't remember the name of the individual who created her, uh, but luckily we have our really quick uh, back computer on the job here. <laughs> uh, William Moulton Marston. Is that how you say that last name? I Marston? Sure. don't know. We, pre- we never check the pronunciations before the show. We really do a live pronunciation You're check. getting it live. Uh, no edit. <laughs> Unedited. There it is. Um, Jedi Council. Jedi Council. Really uncut. Yep, uncut. Uh, a character who... So th- what's interesting about um, the creator of One Room is that he was actually a psychologist. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that is something that's near and dear to us. And uh, created Wonder Woman back in the well, seventy-five years ago, I guess. So, and uh, he got his PhD in the twenties, if I'm remember, if I'm reading right, slash remembering right. Yep. So, nineteen twenty-one, PhD yeah. in psychology. Very good. So, uh, really an interesting sort of history, I think, and an in-depth history, and something that's a little bit beyond the scope of, I think. We don't have enough time to cover the full history of the creator, but the character certainly is interesting. Uh, and from what I understand, Wonder Woman, of course, in Amazon, uh, was created from clay by Zeus, I believe. Yes, although some, you know, some stories, of course, are now messing with that origin. Mm-hmm. But that um, that was a lot of the idea. And one thing that I thought was interesting about the creator is that he modeled a lot of Wonder Woman off of two women who were very influential in his wife, uh, in his wife, in his life, his mm-hmm. wife, Elizabeth Holloway Marston and, and Olive Byrne who lived with, um, who lived with the couple and they, they influenced that. And so the story, depending on the version you read, but in the legend of Wonder Woman, which I just finished reading, the idea was that Hippolyta really wanted to have a child, but immortals don't have children. And so she um, really just, persistently wanted a child and did some things that betrayed her people, but ultimately was fashioned a child out of clay. And now some more recent stories have been retelling that story that that was told to Wonder Woman, but that's not the truth, that there actually is a father. And I've heard different versions. Some have suggested that it's Ares, uh, the God of War, but but there are different versions out there, but that's kind of the common one that you mentioned. Okay, sure. And certainly uh, seems with all of the characters that are this old now, there you have those different retellings. Is there one? So I, maybe a quick disclaimer: 
our resident Jedi Council Wonder Woman expert slash top fan, of course, is Kate. <laughs> so, so I'm uh, I'm a little bit in the dark on this one. So, is there a, one of those backstories that you prefer? There, because I know when I think of some of the various tellings of Bruce Wayne and Batman, of course, there's the one story that I always kind of stick to in my own conceptualization. Do you find that for yourself with Wonder Woman at all? Of the different versions I've read so far, I really do like the Legend of Wonder Woman version of that, which does have the fashioned out of clay idea behind it. And part of the reason that I like that is because it, the depiction of Wonder Woman as Diana and her mother is, is beautifully done. It really shows a lot of the tensions between them as, you know, and this is depicted in a lot of the stories, but I, it shows a sensitivity where she's both proud of Diana and knows she can do great good, but as a mother wants to keep her, by her side. And, and, and so I, I think that's well done. The artwork is really beautiful. And the way that Etta is depicted in that sto- in that particular story is, is really interesting too. She's a little bit of lightheartedness, like mm-hmm. we were talking about. She kind of jokes about how Diana, when she first comes to the world um, of the human world, she is, and away from the Amazons, she doesn't really get how things work. She doesn't care about clothes or brushing her hair and stuff like that. And so there are some nice exchanges there. And in that depiction, Etta actually ultimately designs the Wonder Woman uniform and fights alongside her. So that's really cool. And something else that I heard about it that I thought was interesting is that the author of Legend of Wonder Woman said that drawing Etta and having that strong character, the author is uh, Renee DeLiz, and she's a writer and she also is the artist, and her her husband actually, um, Ray Dillon, does the colors. Yeah, and so, and well, I won't go on too much in that, but they won an award for that. And actually, it was it was a nine part original digital series, and it came out oh, to cool. print. And now they're going to have they've been renewed for a second one. But she said that she struggled with issues of her weight a lot of her life. The author did, and drawing Etta was healing because she's a character that has so much to her. She is traditionally depicted as overweight, mm-hmm. and kind of in comparison to Diana, who's very muscular and all mm-hmm. these other things, it's quite a difference. But to have someone so vibrant and contributing and confident who is overweight when there are opposite messages in society present was apparently something that she felt helped her work through her own issues. I thought that was pretty cool. That is really cool. That's a, I love, absolutely love when I hear stories like that from comic creators. I know we've talked a little bit about Scott Snyder and other uh, authors who try to maybe address some of their own uh, things that they've dealt with through their creation of comics. And I think that's just so wonderful. And it really adds a lot to people who uh, maybe like we've talked about who on the other side of things, use those creations to maybe work through challenges themselves, uh, like the creators themselves did. I think that's just so awesome. Yeah, maybe we should briefly talk about what Scott Snyder said. We've talked oh, a little, absolutely. but not much about the more recent sure. I, uh So there's been a few different interviews I've seen uh, where he's talked about how so Scott Snyder maybe uh, is the author of Batman uh, through the Batman New 52 run. And he did the, um, he was the author and Greg Capullo was the uh, artist for that. Um, and Scott Snyder has talked, uh, I've seen two or three different interviews where he's addressed this now, where he's talked about uh, the way that he wrote Batman was a way where, where he did that to address a lot of his own anxiety about several different things, including being a father, 
uh, or just being successful in, in his own right or just about the world in general and some of the negative things that are maybe, um, I, I don't know if more common is the right word, but in the media more perhaps is the right way to describe it. And uh, how that's the way that he tried to deal with that was through writing Batman in that way and allowed him to emotionally process those challenges. So it, it is really great, I think. It's so interesting when we get to hear about creators talk about creating comics in a way that's beneficial for their own mental health. I think so. It's really inspiring and it speaks to why they develop such depth in their characters and, and motivation for it. And I think it speaks to the potential for people to have inspiration through fictional characters through creating them, but also even just reading about them, which we've talked about. And I think that's pretty interesting. Absolutely. So maybe speaking a little bit more on that and getting inspiration from the fictional characters, you mentioned on the air before how Wonder mm -hmm. Woman is a, a favorite character of yours. And I think I even specifically remember uh, Wonder Woman earrings from a, a previous episode. Yes, that's right. Or would you mind saying a little more about what it is about Wonder Woman that you find yourself inspired by or able to get some strength from or whatever that process is like for you in that character? Sure. So one thing that I think is really interesting, Wonder Woman is one of the most recognizable superheroes. Mm -hmm. And I've since paying more attention to Wonder Woman, who I've liked, but didn't really start understanding the history in comics until relatively recently. And actually Legend of Wonder Woman was one of the first Wonder Woman comics that I read. I, I think that she means a lot to people of all ages. And I was, it's nice to see even people who've never touched comics just because she was all, has always been there as a strong superhero who's known for being kind, compassionate, and truthful. And so I think that those things are important to me. I think even in the designs of it that the creator, um, Marston, which maybe we're pronouncing correctly, yeah. <laughs> hopefully, um, had in mind was that some of the things that she does are to deflect attacks, like keep bullets away. And the lasso of truth captures people and you can, and she can basically make them subordinate by having them reveal the truth. And that is very different than some of the other traditional that you're threatening, intimidating or attacking. Sometimes she does that if necessary, but for Wonder Woman, her first line of attack has to do with protecting herself and also having the truth of the issue. And so I think that those strategies are really admirable. Oh, Katie, I'm thinking of a story, a Wonder Woman story that you told me about. And maybe you can speak a little more about this because I don't remember the specific details. But I think it adds to the point and, and a lot of these great ideas that you just talked about. Uh, could you remind me, there's a story where Wonder Woman is in Gotham City. And some of the people there are telling her, no, this isn't how you do things. You need to do things how Batman does. You need to be maybe a little more rough around the edges, for lack of a better term. Or I'm trying my memory a little bit here. Uh, but she says, no, that's not how I'm going to do it. Is that kind of related to, to what you're saying? Yeah, so it's this is by Gail Simone, and it's Gotham-Amazon. Gotham okay, sure. A little Clever blending yeah, of the okay. words. Which until I said it out loud, I, I didn't really put that together <laughs> but I thought that was very clever yeah so basically Batman is away and so um, Oracle Barbara Gordon calls Wonder Woman in to help and she's facing kind of the rogue 
what the hell did they say? Rogues gallery. Yeah, rogues gallery. Sure. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, and and basically, she's being told like you've got to do this Batman's approach, and she says, "No, I will remain Diana." And so she ends up using her lasso of truth and evoking their fears and underlying problems, and is able to subdue them through her method. And that's very powerful to me because it shows there are different ways to get the same outcome. And I think in life, sometimes you're told the way to solve this is just by doing it the way that this person does it or that person does it. But this is a very strong message saying you can be authentic to yourself and still have good results. And so I, I really like that. I thought that was a clever story. And of course, the closing frame is cool because there's um, in place of the bat signal, there's a the Wonder Woman signal, oh, which is kind of neat. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And Batman was impressed. That was clear. Oh, absolutely. I, which is hard to do. I think Batman and Wonder Woman have a pretty interesting relationship um, as portrayed in various comics and even in the Batman vs. Superman movie. And it actually kind of seems as though those two are kind of teaming up to sort of be the leaders of the Justice League um, from what we can tell from the Justice League trailer so far. Yeah, it certainly looks that way that they're kind of planning together. Yeah. Who are we going to recruit? How are we going to go about this? And they do have some different approaches to they things. Do. So it's kind of fun, but they're clearly treating each other well I, it's hard to say equals because mm -hmm. they have very i mean one is an immortal amazon yes. and one is human but they they are clearly treating each other like each perspective is valuable so Absolutely. it's interesting to see that interaction i do have to say i think my, one of my favorites or maybe my favorite part of the trailer is uh when they are presumably on a submarine it looks like and she's asking bruce uh so he said he would help us and bruce says more or less and uh and she says more, 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 less. <laughs> kind of, he, he's not going to help us. Right? Talking about Aquaman, that, that seemed like uh, a really great chemistry that I think the characters have that was captured really well by the actors mm -hmm. in that scene. So I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing these characters further explored on the big screen by some really talented actors. Oh, definitely. So. Oh, yeah, I think the casting is fantastic. Well, that's really cool, and it makes a lot of sense. And it, I, I don't think you're alone in... Your feelings about Wonder Woman, uh, although I know less about her just because there's only so much time in the day, and I dedicate about 90% to Batman. The other 10% to Green Arrow. To Green Arrow, and then try to get my doctoral work done with the 0% left, of course. <laughs> but uh, I, I think Wonder Woman's awesome, too, and I, I have a couple of Wonder Woman figures, and I have uh, some Wonder Woman art included in a Justice League piece on my wall, so I certainly enjoy Wonder Woman. But even beyond us... I get a sense that she's gaining popularity, too, as I think all superheroes are right now. But I've noticed it in Wonder Woman in particular. And I remember you shared a pretty cool photo shoot of a dad who kind of dressed up his daughter as Wonder Woman. She was really into it. And I just, I see, uh, it seems like a lot of people and uh, maybe younger children are really uh, taken with Wonder Woman. She seems to be a great role model for a lot of people. And I just think that's absolutely wonderful. It, it's great. And I think, in, you know, I think that you had originally pointed to some of the examples of this in some of the animated series that you've seen with Justice League. She also has a great way of interacting with children in a very mm -hmm. inspirational way. That comes out, there is a 75th anniversary special anniversary, I think I said that twice, issue for Wonder Woman. And there is a story in there in particular uh, that Gail Simone wrote again, one of my favorite comic writers, that is talking about, she's she's talking to a child and her interaction is so empowering. She just believes that this little girl is going to be a hero. And I've seen that in other mm -hmm. cases too. There's a nice 
comic, I'm trying to remember what it's called, there, Sensation Comics on Wonder Woman, and there's a story in there where there's a little boy getting teased about liking Wonder Woman and being a fan of Wonder awesome. Woman, and then she interacts with him and is kind of saying, you know, that's okay, and all that stuff, and then his, his friends are jealous that he's talking to Very Wonder cool. Woman, so there are some nice interactions there, too. So, continuing in this line of thinking about Wonder Woman being a role model for many people, uh, I think we commented on this briefly in a previous episode of the current events. Wonder Woman has recently named the United Nations Ambassador of Gender Equality. Mm-hmm. And that was a pretty big news piece, and, and they had uh, a fairly big event and, and a Q&A online, and it looked, at, like, I mean, it looked awesome. But there was a little bit of controversy about it. Uh, do you have any thoughts about that? I'm, I'm kind of putting you on the spot about this. But uh, some people thought, well, maybe this shouldn't be for a fictional character. Or some people said, you know, she's such a very sexualized character. Um, as a as an a unbiased Wonder Woman fan, did you have any reactions about that? Uh, can you see both sides of the argument? Is it a, you just have to take the character for what she means to you sort of situation? Or, or what do you think? Well... I'm not unbiased. I am biased. I, I like Wonder Woman. <laughs> I know. I, I know the irony was clear, but in case, just in case that was unclear sure. without facial expressions to our listeners. Um, yeah, I. So I think I, I do think the points are valid, and I, sh- I certainly wouldn't question the motives of staffers who, that many staffers who express concerns. Yeah. I think they have some valid points. One is fictional characters are important, they're obviously important to us, but. We don't want them to be selected over perhaps real role models Mm -hmm. for certain things, and would that be more appropriate? With regards to her being a sexualized character, that part, again, I'm not going to dismiss other people's point of views. Mm -hmm. I understand what they're saying. There are some depictions Mm -hmm. like that. I think there has been some conscious effort, especially in recent times, by some authors and artists to get away from that. I mean, even what she wears now, and that's changed a lot over 75 years, but what she wears now looks more armor and warrior-like, for Mm -hmm. example, in the trailer that we just saw versus some of the things in the past, even in the TV show that Mm -hmm. she was wearing, which looked less like something that you would superhero in and that kind of thing. And actually, Renee DeLiz, who I talked about, Legend of Wonder Woman, wrote something that kind of went viral-ish for, I think, for... Um, comic stuff showing about ways that you can depict women superheroes that seem logical in light of things that they can actually do their work in. And so I do feel like there's been a movement towards that. So I have kind of mixed feelings. I think it's an inspirational thing by someone who's very recognizable, but at the same time, I don't want to dismiss concerns of people. Yeah, I I agree. I I have the same line of thinking, but the comic book fan in me was, overjoyed and thought it was yeah. awesome. And, and I can't deny that. Myself, so. Oh, no, I'm, I'm totally thrilled by mm-hmm. it. What would be nice, too, is, you know, some of the things that they talked about, more non-fictional people named and recognized mm-hmm. and, and those types of things. But overall, my bias, as we talked about, is that it's a positive thing. Absolutely. So uh, another thing that I thought might be interesting to talk about, you shared a really great Wonder Woman quote on our Facebook, probably not on our Twitter just because of character length, um, but I thought I may read that really quick, and we could maybe break that down a little bit and talk about some of the ways that Wonder Woman's motivations maybe mirror some of our own in the, the reasons that we pursued mental health as a career. So uh, the quote goes, 
and maybe to set the context, this is a conversation between one Roman and Lois Lane. Yeah, so this is in that special 75th anniversary DC Comics issue where they did a compilation of several short stories. So Renee okay, DeLiz did cool. one of them, Gail Simone did one of them. This one happens to be by Greg Rucka, and the way it's set up was really interesting. It's uh, basically Lois Lane doing an interview, kind of magazine style, with Diana. Okay, very cool. So the quote reads, I believe very strongly that doing good work is a source of happiness. Having a purpose to the days and having goals, short-term and long-term. I do not think either of us defines ourselves by our ability to meet these goals as much as the aspiration to reach for them. I do not expect the world to turn tomorrow to peace and harmony and walking hand in hand. That is certainly an aspiration, but I'm not going to call myself a failure tomorrow morning if I do not read in the Daily Planet that world peace has been declared. So I think it's a, a really great, a, a really wonderful, just amazing quote. Uh, maybe one of my favorite comic book quotes, and I've got a, a fairly okay collection of, of favorite comic book quotes. You do have a lot of good comic book yeah, quotes. Like, We've talked about even maybe an episode on quotes. That's a great idea. A lot. I like that idea a lot. But uh, I, I love this one, and I think it does ring true to a lot of things that maybe we think about, maybe a lot of people think about in pursuit of their own goals, but of course we can only speak to really mental health sort of related pursuits. But uh, it's kind of this idea that you can only, you can, you can only do your best and, uh, and you're not going to be able to help everyone. And, and it's really important to keep that mindset and not internalize every single thing as a personal failure. Yeah, I, I think that's so true, and I, I think that it it talks about continuing to be motivated, and if you view yourself as a failure, you're not going to want to keep on fighting the good fight. And I also think there's some very good mental health advice in terms of what you personally get out of helping other people, which is it can be a source of happiness to feel that you're doing good work. And even just there is empirical evidence that if you have a purpose to your days, if you have goals, short-term and long-term, that that makes your life feel more meaningful. You can kind of see that you're working towards your goals, and that can be motivating in and of itself. The short-term and long-term, I think, is something that we use a lot in clinical work. You know, I think because when they come in, some of the long-term goals, you know, if someone comes in with an eating disorder, they have bulimia, and they want to completely stop binging and purging, that's the ultimate goal. But it's hard to do that in two days or something, and it might feel like it's not motivating when you're not getting better. So you can set shorter-term goals, for example, how about we make it through today using some of healthy coping strategies, or we make it through today without criticizing your body. And that can really help kind of track things and, and also keep you on a plan and realize that you're moving forward. It's not an all or nothing type yeah. of thing. And, and can you continue to develop the confidence as you master and make those smaller changes. Uh, you, keep the, you develop that confidence that, yeah, I'm moving towards this bigger goal and I can get them. Yeah, that's that's right. That's another kind of check-in point of evidence for people who feel like they are failures mm-hmm. because they're looking at the big picture. Well, I haven't saved the world. If you have these short-term goals, which is I put in my best effort or I uh, go and help a friend rather than I have to help every single friend, mm-hmm. then you can yeah feel some mastery over the fact that you were able to do those things. Yeah, it, it's, it's a really nice thing. I think it, it's a great quote. And it rings true, I'm sure, for us, and I'm sure for a lot of people in pursuit of their own goals or or whatever things they're trying to achieve in their own lives. I think so. And one of the other things that that I like about it is it shows Wonder Woman's 
vulnerability and how she's coped with the fact that she can't completely do everything she would like to do. Mm-hmm. And I might be reading a little more into that than's there, but when I watched the trailer, the opening line, which I wish I had the exact, but I'll, I'll paraphrase mm-hmm. it for now. But basically she's, she's saying that she wants to save the world. It's a beautiful place. But once she starts actually working to do that and kind of getting into the work of saving the world, she starts to see the darkness more and that's hard. And to me, that's such a common feeling for people who have strong ambitions and go after them. And then they start to see some of the real world obstacles. And so to see a superhero, someone amazing like Diana dealing with that, to me, that's kind of makes me feel more, I guess, She's humble. I guess she is humble enough to say she struggles with that. And so if you see a hero dealing with that, too, it can kind of be comforting. It took me a while to get to that point, but. (laughs) Uh, I think we're probably getting to be about that as we are every week. So maybe we can move to our uh, world famous, um, critically acclaimed, (laughs) internationally recognized. Uh, award-winning pearls <laughs> of wisdom. So I feel a little underqualified for this week's pearls of wisdom, if I'm being totally open and honest with you, Katie, and, and our listeners. Um, but perhaps the pearl of wisdom that I have this week is for everyone who does have goals, or they are pursuing something, or trying to change the world or make the world a better place. Um, maybe keep that one Roman quote in mind and and realize that uh, you don't need to bear the weight of the whole world and and uh, everything that you do, um, no matter how small, it does make a difference, uh, a positive difference. So just keep doing what you're doing and uh, and, and and it is paying off somewhere and somehow. Yeah, reminds me one of my other favorite quotes, which is just small acts of kindness multiplied by millions makes a huge difference in the world. Absolutely. It's something we can all do together. It's how it's, it's in. It's, uh, it's how everyone can be, be a hero. Mm-hmm. Well, folks, thanks, as always, so much for listening in. Uh, if you've got a free minute, we'd really appreciate it if you could uh, log on to iTunes and leave us a review there. Uh, it really helps us get the word about our podcast out to other listeners who might be interested. You can find us at our own website at www.jedi-council.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, Podbean, Stitcher, and, of course, iTunes. Uh, and uh, we had a new blog post this week, too. So yep. we hope you ha- if you haven't had a chance, take a look at that. It's uh, available on our website. Our most recent blog post, which, of course, all of our blog posts are just uh, kind of uh, set up like a psychological evaluation. This week's was from... Are about Kelly Kapoor from The Office. Fun character from The Office. A fun character, yeah. It was a fun poster, right? So if you haven't had a chance, take a look at that. Uh, Send us a message if there's any characters you'd like to see us talk about or any topics you'd like to hear us talk about next. And uh, we'll be signing off for today. And I still haven't come up with a good closing phrase. Uh, What have... So I've used a few from TV shows. Uh, talk Talk to you tomorrow, pal.